0: Today on The Transition, I'm joined by Andrew Brockenbush, founder and CEO of Beefy Marketing, a full-service marketing agency based in Tumball, Texas. Andrew and the Beefy team have a passion for supporting small business owners and veterans, including the likes of Marcus Luttrell and David Goggins, overseeing their personal brands. One question that keeps coming up amongst the bunker community is how do newly launched brands leverage social media to build brand awareness? As a frequent listener to Andrew's own podcast, Business Growth Hacks, where he discusses best practices for small business owners, I decided to reach out to Andrew myself to discuss digital marketing, particularly with regards to social media. Before you hear from Andrew and I, make sure you subscribe to the Transition newsletter at the link in the show notes. I send out a newsletter sharing the latest episode every week. And if there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mike.steadman at bunkerlabs.org. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, the foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show, and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Andrew, welcome to The Bunker. What's going on, my man?
1: What's up, man? Glad to be here.
0: I'm fired up to have you here. I feel like the listeners are probably used to me saying that about every guest. But seriously, I literally (laughs) creating content to serve our community. And as a podcast host and someone who runs a podcast production company, people always say, Mike, what is your favorite podcast? What are you listening to? And they always assume I'm going to say like a Joe Rogan or a Tim Ferriss. But honestly, it's guys like Andrew. And the reason being, I kind of view us as peers. You're a little bit ahead of me, uh, obviously, in terms of where you are at with your agency. But I get so much value learning from you through your podcast, Business Growth Hacks. And one of the reasons I want to get Andrew on the transition is he's no stranger to the veteran community. He works with a lot of veteran-owned brands down there in Tumball, Texas. And one of the things that's come up over and over in a lot of our programs within the bunker is how do brands – build awareness when they're starting out through social media so with you running beefy marketing and all the work you're already doing with veteran-owned business owners small business owners i thought it'd be great to get you on the podcast but before we even get into that i would love for you to just take a moment and introduce yourself to our audience
1: yeah for sure man thanks again for having me uh i'm excited to talk to you uh so obviously name's andrew brockenbush own a company here in tomball called Beefy Marketing. We've been doing this for about 10 years. We're a full service agency, web design, social media, content marketing, kind of the full gamut, right, of things that are all things digital. Um, kind of got my feet wet after I left April, Apple Corporate and uh, started working for a Navy SEAL uh, by the name of Marcus Latrell. designed some t-shirts for him and kind of made the transition out of Apple into kind of my own full-time role as a freelance entrepreneur, right? Uh, which was like kind of a big leap of faith you know, taking that first step, making that, you know, transition is is scary, right? But it's, it's paid off and it's been worth it. And I'm glad that I did it. And so, uh, yeah, man, we've been doing that for the last 10 years, started off doing graphic design and t-shirts and the hustle just continued to where we're at now, where we do, you know, kind of full scale marketing campaigns for brands of every size, whether it's a local nonprofit or if it's a fortune 500, man. So, uh, that's, that's what we're doing.
0: Cool thing about Andrew, y'all. He came up from the mud too. Just riding oh, yeah. <laughs> his way up, you know, bootstrapped his company. And he's got a great team down there in, in Texas. Really, really dope Brandon, by the way. I mean, he's sitting here on the podcast. Like, he's got his beefy marketing hat on. He's got his beefy polo, you know, uh, just sharp guy, man. And so when it comes to building uh a, a, a brand in this digital space, man, you're the you're an SME at it.
1: Yeah, man, I appreciate it, dude. And, dude, it's cool to connect with people like you who are just like who not only appreciate the hustle, but you're in it with us, right? It's one thing to have people talk to you that are kind of above you way higher, and it's so hard to relate. And the fact that you're kind of in the grind like everyone else, I think that's a big opportunity for this community.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the things is whenever you're going through these programs, especially cohort-based programs, everybody thinks it's the big speakers that come and deliver the value. But honestly, for this audience, it's guys like you, you know? That understand where the the entrepreneurs are at. A lot of our our listeners are early stage. They're still trying to figure it out, so they need something a little different than like a Grant Cardone or you know some of these other people are going yeah. to deliver. So fired up about today. But one of the things that is a tradition on this show is you got to take off your armor. So on the Ooh. transition, you know we don't come on here and talk about how amazing we are. We lift the veil and let people know <laughs> what you are struggling with, either personally and professionally as uh, as business owners. So uh, I'd love for you to take off your armor for our listeners today.
1: Oh, all right. I think I've got two things, and I'm that's actually a lot of fun. I, I didn't prep myself in this way, so I'm glad that I'm coming at it like totally cold turkey, right? So I think on the personal side, something I've struggled with my whole life is my weight. Uh, you know, this is not a fitness podcast per se, but it is a struggle that I've had pretty much my entire life, where I just kind of go through this ebb and flow roller coaster ride of like, okay, I'm I'm at the top of my level performance wise, and I'm healthy, and I'm in shape, and things are great. And then six months later, seven months later, I get so busy with my entrepreneur focus that I lose sight of myself. I don't take care of me, and uh, I gain a lot of weight. And it's been a roller coaster, man, and it's been crazy. And the fact that I do work with these Navy SEALs, I feel like I'm already kind of on this like pedestal of like performance, like how I'm supposed to be, right? Like, oh, you're the producer of one of the top Navy SEAL podcasts. Like, why are you fat? Like it just doesn't compute, right? When you've got people like David Goggins and Marcus Luttrell around you, the, I think most people would think, oh dude, your mindset must be just like rock and roll and you must be like charged up. And it's like, some days I am, right? Like some days I'm fired up and there's that accountability and I feel like, yeah, I should be doing this. And other days I'm like, just trying to keep my head above water, trying to run a small business, right? Trying to make sure that I, I uh, can pay all my employees so that they can pay their bills, they can feed their families. And uh, so I'd say on the personal side, that's a struggle for me, man. And I think for me, it's just been an awareness around it, making sure that I'm not trying to like hide the fact that that's an issue for, for me. Um, and then trying to own it, right? Like if it's not something I feel confident about by myself, like if it's not something I feel inherently good at, then what what can I do to be better in that way? And so the way I do that is, You know, I have a membership to to a kickboxing gym. I have a membership to a regular gym. When my team is in the office, I try to go with my team at lunchtime to go work out instead of going out to eat. So it's like those little habits that I'm trying to change. And I'd say on the business side, it kind of works both ways, right? I think it's work-life balance. I think a lot of us struggle with that. But for me, you know, that's been challenging. I live an hour away from my office. So I'm making that hour drive here, hour drive back, trying to go home, take care of my dog so that they've not been cooped up all day trying to take care of myself, trying to take care of my house, make sure my clothes aren't all over the floor. You know, it's just like that stuff is really hard. And I don't want to ever lose sight of taking care of myself and putting myself first because I'm so focused on the business. And I think it's it's uh, all about creating balance. Right.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And I'll tell you, I think in the military, right, we kind of have that fitness culture. You know, yeah, not all I'm of sure. us, like not the Navy or the Air Force, you know, really just like the Marines yeah, or it's just I'm the jokes. Jokes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to fit any of our listeners, but yeah, you know, you're in this environment, it's very like warrior spirit. So, you know, it's like, oh, it's lunchtime. Let me go do some chess and back, and you just keep it moving. But I will tell you, like, like you, once I start getting this business growth, you have less and less time for certain things, and you also mm-hmm. kind of reprioritize. And so, even for myself, like, I feel like I'm out of shape, you know, so I got to get in. I have I have to let go of my ego. Sometimes it's only 30, 45 minutes, you know, even if yeah. I just get on the treadmill, do a little run and do a little shadow boxing, you know, better than nothing. And it's a shift because in the military, I use just the mindset, oh, I got to go get it an hour and a half. If I'm not doing an right. intense workout, why even bother? But now it's like, man, it's about that consistency. And yeah. I will tell you, I want to take off my armor too. And it goes back to what we were talking about before we went live. So. You know, contrary to popular opinion, entrepreneurship is a lot of ebb and flows. So, like at the start of this year, I closed a lot of deals. I was like, oh man, we're off to the moon. I'm going to hit my goal, you know, my Q1 goal, like the first month of January, right? But then stuff starts slowing down. People just stop responding to emails. You know, that proposal you sent off, you don't hear back. And it's just like, I suck at life. Like, what I do? What I do wrong? Did I do something wrong?
1: Yeah.
0: It's hard to maintain that like consistent growth revenue. And I don't know how people, I mean, I know how people do it, but it's a lot harder than I realized. And I thought I had it down, but like I was with my team. I'm like, man, we're coaching people on their funnels. Like we need to work on our funnel now. <laughs> we have some
1: opportunity here. Yeah, for sure. It's all about realistic expectations with yourself too, right? I think so many times, like we, we we're our biggest critics, right? We have high expectations out of ourselves, especially when we are also the teachers. You know, it's like, okay, well, if I'm teaching people this, and I better be owning it on my own. Uh, but I think setting realistic expectations with yourself that's like, oh, I'm going to sell five websites a month. It's like, eh, all right, easy, fella. You know, maybe yeah. one, a, maybe one a month. And if you exceed that badass. Right. And then we can continue to scale up from there. But, uh, you know, realistic expectations is key.
0: That's where that mental aspect comes to, because definitely there was a time <laughs> last year where I was in the same low and then I got one email for like twenty thousand dollars, and it like rocked my world. You know, yes, like yeah. we're alive, baby. We're back in <laughs> yeah, the <exactly>. <laughs> You were you were selling things. You were having a, a estate
1: yeah. sale, you know. And then you are like, oh no, we're good. We can buy more equipment. That's awesome, well, I'm,
0: man. I'm fired up to talk about uh, brand building today. Before we do that, I got to acknowledge our sponsors, or, or actually the organization that brought us here, which is Bunker Labs, a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to helping the military community start their own businesses. You can learn more by checking out our website, BunkerLabs.org. Andrew, do y'all got Bunker Labs down in Tumball? Have you engaged with us any? We've,
1: we've engaged with Bunker Labs there. We've engaged in Nashville. Bunker Labs is everywhere, man.
0: That's right. How important do you think it is as a business owner to have a network?
1: Oh, the most important thing. Like, seriously, the most important thing. We, we've we joined our local chamber and and seriously trans- transformative for our organization in terms of just being with like-minded people people that are talking about you people that are supporting you and i'd say bunker labs is you know the same exact way but for the veteran community right if you're looking for like-minded peers that are going to help you scale and grow that's the way to go
0: i try to tell people a lot of veterans when we're getting out we don't really have a network right all our network is kind of tied to our military service and bunker labs is like a soft landing especially in the entrepreneur space and when i think about my business network now like 90% of it has come from Bunker Labs. So I try to tell people, get out there, start getting connected. And for today, right? I wanna put myself in the shoes of one of our probably listeners, okay? So I'm a veteran entrepreneur, just transitioned, or maybe I've been out a while and I've been working in corporate America or I've been doing my thing and I have this idea for a business. And I go to a Bunker Labs event, I get all fired up and I say, I'm gonna do it, right? I'm ready to go. And I need to start building some brand awareness. I need to get my name out there. And I'm a brand guy, right? So I'm the guy that's like, hey, before you even start doing that, you know, let's identify who your perfect customer is. Do you have a strong positioning statement? What are your core values, your core purpose? All of that stuff. So let's assume that our listener has listened to my previous episode on how to build a brand. So they've gone through that process. But in terms of getting themselves out there, you know, and they see social media as this tool, that they can leverage, right? Like where do they begin in this process? And I know on your podcast, you've talked about all the different platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, all this different stuff. Now there's TikTok, right? But like, where do people begin? Like, where do they start? How do they approach using social media to build brand awareness?
1: Yeah, I'd say, first of all, you you gotta kinda think about what you wanna communicate right? Somebody used to tell me a long time ago, like expand your circle of influence. And I never knew what that meant. And for the longest, it just frustrated me because like, I kept hearing it over and over again, expand your circle of influence, expand your circle of influence. And it really frustrated me because I didn't know what it meant. And then I think it finally clicked a few years ago when I started realizing my circle of influence are my peers, my friends, the people that follow me on social media, maybe from, uh, from grade school, high school, college, whatever, those people, right? And that's my current circle of influence. And those people might support me. Obviously, I can count on my mom to like my social content every single week. Thanks, mom. But we need to expand beyond that, right? And I think I think the big thing is trying to figure out what you want to communicate on social media. Are you going to be a resource? Are you educational? Are, is it more of a sales process? What are What are you trying to get out? And how are you going to add value to your circle of influence? And then how can you go beyond that? And I think for most brands, people get overwhelmed with the fact that there are so many social media platforms and there are so many features in all these social media platforms. They don't know where to start because they think, there's just no way I can keep up with all of this. So I think once you kind of figure out what you're going to communicate, that's when you kind of start going into the planning mode of picking one platform. Start with one platform. If the idea of two or three or four is overwhelming, start with one. Right? It's a good place to start. It gets your feet wet. You can create a consistent strategy. You talked about this earlier. Consistency, right? You don't have to be a famous TikTok star. You don't have to be a YouTuber. Uh, you, you and I on a conversation offline, we talked about should you have a video podcast. You can, right? But you don't have to. Start where you feel confident. Start where you feel comfortable.
0: So I've taught this process of the rule of three, right? On one of my other podcasts. And essentially it's like, you know, whenever we try to do marketing, right? Everybody comes up with all these ideas. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. And you never get any of it done because there's this whole other aspect of running your business outside of marketing, you know? Like, you know, uh, creating proposals and the financials and all this other stuff, right? So my rule of three, and I want want to hear your feedback from this, is pick, like you said, one platform, right? And let that platform be your anchor. You know, I use a podcast as my anchor content, so it's not necessarily a platform, but uh, it's not necessarily a social media platform. But I think you can use social media in the same way, right? That can be your anchor. So you're posting every week on LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever, okay? Then that's one. Then you have two supporting efforts that you can do around that. Maybe you're repurposing that content. So like you said, maybe I'm repurposing the content from my LinkedIn into a blog post or something. And then the third thing is like engaging people, actually spending time, you know, uh, reaching out to people, DMing them, et cetera. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on on that because I know you're big on the engagement piece, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Engagement's huge for us. I mean, obviously, I'm a little... I'm a little ahead in the sense that like I have a social media manager. And I remember when I first got started and it was just me, it was hard to always be attentive. It was hard to always be present in that way. And so it's easy to sit back and be like, well, yeah, it's so easy, guys. It's not, right? Like it can be challenging. I'd say that I love I love that approach that you've got. Like, yeah, pick that platform, but then support it in different ways. I love how one of the things our social media manager Kara does really well is she'll take our YouTube videos and she'll use a video editing software like iMovie, and there's a lot, of, a lot of other great tools out there, but she will take it and actually make those same YouTube videos formatted for Instagram Reels or a TikTok. So it's like if you're not comfortable yet doing those channels, like, fresh content or original content for those all, for those other platforms, repurpose that existing content. Same thing with podcasts. Podcast is the perfect example of repurposing content. You can take a podcast episode. You can t- turn it into social graphics. You can turn it into a blog post if you transcribe it. You can then take that stuff and create t-shirt designs. You can use all of that content in so many ways throughout your business without the need for developing or spending money creating additional content. So I love that.
0: There's so much noise on social media though too, right? So it's like everyone is on there. You know, there's a time when you think about the transition from Instagram back in the day was like people posting like food pics and just kind of showing their stuff. Now it's like, you feel like everyone is trying to sell you something, right? So on these platforms, when people are posting, how do they do it in a way that delivers value instead of just like, look at me, look at me, look at me? Authenticity.
1: Uh, Authenticity is key, right? Like I think when... Gary V said something that kind of stuck with me a long time ago is like, document, don't create. I think a lot of times when we think about social media, we think about the creation of social media content. We think about creating podcasts, creating blogs, creating videos. Document. Documenting is the greatest way to start. Uh, me and my team spent last week in Fort Worth at a promotional product show trying to figure out the latest and greatest promotional products to, to use for our clients. And when we were there, we literally just took a couple of GoPros. We didn't think about, we have nicer cameras, right? But we just took a few GoPros, no microphones, nothing. And literally just walked around with those GoPros shooting each other, walking around and talking to vendors, shooting the show floor, shooting us at the restaurant, shooting us in the car, just like all that kind of stuff. And once we were done, We edited it and it looks amazing. Like it feels authentic. We didn't try to craft this perfect storyline. We didn't try to like forcefully ask for something. There's this analogy I used to use a lot when I talked about social media, this idea of deposits and withdrawals, right? If you're constantly making withdrawals from the bank, eventually you're gonna run out. You're gonna overdraft you ain't going to get anything out of that anymore, right? If you're constantly making deposits, there's something to receive whenever you need to it. I think a lot of people, a lot of brands, businesses, entrepreneurs, we ask a lot of our audiences, right? Uh, Support me, donate to my cause, uh, buy this new product that I launched, um, uh, tell people to book with me, whatever, right? Whatever the call to action is. And we're never depositing. And eventually your audience, they run out of the desire to give back to you. They don't want to do anything for you because you've asked for too much. I'd say nonprofits struggle with this the most. Nonprofits really struggle with crafting the right messaging around being a resource and they ask for stuff all the time. Hey, can you volunteer? Can you donate? Churches struggle in this way, way too. Donate, volunteer, give back, etc. versus offering value. So I'd say that you have to do a good job of making sure you're balancing value-added content as well as your ask. So that when you do ask for something, people are more apt to, to you know give back to you.
0: So I know you just mentioned sharing like behind the scenes at Beefy. And I appreciate it as a brand guy because I could see your growth, you know? Um, sure. And I saw, remember I told you, I saw the rebrand, I saw this other stuff. But give us an example of like value added content on a platform like social media or even like TikTok.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think I can give a few examples. So. Um, when we first got to Tomball, it was really important to me that we served our local community in a very tangible, uh, resource driven way. It, to the point where I said that that was a bigger priority for us last year than, it, than sales was a priority. And so the way that we actually executed on that was one, we launched the Beef Podcast, which is another podcast that we do internally, literally only for the, the pure purpose of giving local businesses a voice for their brand, a way to promote themselves, to talk about what they do. So that was one of the big things we did. I think we've had over, I don't know, 20 episodes and we've got probably 10 or 15 more recorded already. And we got a a local bank to sponsor it. And so we've been able to give a platform for small businesses to share their stories. And that was something that we were able to do through social media, right? Yes, it's a podcast, but we're able to tell people on social media, hey, if you know a small business owner that wants to share their story and tell people what they're doing, send them back to us right? So that's a, that's a good example. Another way we do it is through the business growth hacks podcast, right? I have no problem giving away all my secrets. I mean, you've listened to the show. You know that I'll talk about my favorite tools, my favorite software, our processes, our challenges, our weaknesses. And the reason why I've always been willing to do that was an experience that I had when I worked at Apple, one of our store leaders, a guy by the name of Frank had come back from a pretty big uh, leadership training event and i'd asked him how it went and he was like oh it was good and i said you know what you know kind of asked him the details what was it and he said oh it was the ritz carlton they're training us on leadership and hospitality and that kind of thing and i was like oh it's really cool well he shared a story where he had asked the the trainers there at the ritz carlton why do you give away all your secrets and they said cuz we've been doing it for years and no one ever takes our advice and so that kind of stuck with me that You can be a resource to people all day long. You can provide free value. You can give them the answers, even if it seems counterintuitive. I I struggle with this with my clients sometimes because they're like, well, we don't want to tell people how to do it because then they won't use us. And it's like, yeah, they will because eventually they're going to realize that even though they could do it by themselves, they might not want to or they might not have the time or the energy. So it's the same thing with us with social media. One of the services that we offer as an agency is we will give a business an editorial calendar, the first 30 days of social content, and all of the templates that they need to use to be consistent on social media. And I could say that with uh, almost 90% certainty that a business that buys that service from me will later hire me to actually manage their social. Because they feel like, oh, you know what? Yes, I can do it, but I still just don't have the time to do it. So I'd say that there's a lot of ways that you can offer value to your community, whether it's giving them DIY options, or if it's telling them, again, counterintuitively, what, like how they can replace you. Because again, people are gonna find out that they need your support more than they realize. So it's okay to be that way. Um, I'm taking the, Yeah, go for it. I'll
0: keep going, keep going, keep going.
1: Yeah, something else that we did, or we are actually currently in the in the process of, is we noticed that we sat down with the leadership of the city that we're in, and one of the challenges that the city struggles with is that the restaurant industry and the hotel industry are struggling a little bit here in this town, Because a lot of people come to town here for sports games and things like that. But our city doesn't have like a lot of nightlife. And so what will happen is all the people that are staying at our hotels will actually go to a city over where nightlife happens, right? Well, all the tax dollars leave. It doesn't allow for the local businesses and restaurants to actually be successful. And so what we actually did was we are building a a website. It's gonna be called visittomball.com that we're building. And basically the idea is a website where when people come to Tomball, they can see everything that's happening, every event, every restaurant, every sip and stroll, every, you know, hotel special, pretty much everything to essentially create a bridge between the hotels and the restaurants so that they actually have the ability to drive more business within side of our own community. And so it's little things like that. It's, yes, it's costing me. There's like hard costs involved in that stuff. And some of it's, some of it's more time than it is money, but it, it goes a long way when I'm sitting in these meetings and I'm saying that I'm going to do that. The buy-in that I get from these people around me is incredible right and it's that's right there where it goes to that expand your circle of influence that I was talking about earlier that I never understood before those I would have never got to sit down in front of all the top hotels in town or the city the city manager or the mayor and have them take me seriously but all of a sudden I've created a resource for them that I was willing to do for free that's now opening doors for me in other ways right now when they think about oh so-and-so brought a new business to town and they need a website or they need a video who are they thinking about right like they're thinking about what we're doing and how we're helping the community and so that's been massive for us
0: i want to riff on that too and i'm taking a mental note because you said something editorial calendar which i want to make sure we talk about yes. so in <laughs> we end this conversation we're going to talk about yeah, editorial calendar but one of the things i haven't done on this podcast yet is this idea of category design and helping brands create uh, frame name and dominate their own marketing category so it's like what yeah. do you want to be known for you know think of it as niching down super hard and one of the things that a lot of brands make the mistake of is promoting themselves and not marketing and branding the category right That's right so really yeah. being like this is who we are and this is what we're known for and what i love about what you just said about this idea of building a platform and on a platform, you invite other people to the party because now you're able to elevate and amplify their work. See, now they have a reason to come to that page or have a reason to visit that website because you're giving them this opportunity that they otherwise wouldn't have themselves. And the same thing um, with the podcast. And so as you know, we're talking about like this web 3.0 and how it's different than like Rev 1.0, I think there's a lot more collaboration And I'm interested in how more, even on people's social media accounts, how they can create a platform for others. You know, how can they create a platform for their ideal buyer?
1: Yeah, it's funny that you bring the Web 3.0 up because I have a friend that I'm meeting with today at noon to talk all about Web 3.0, right? Like, that's what the meeting is titled, Web 3.0, which is just funny to me. But I think that you're right. It's all about collaboration. I think that most entrepreneurs are guarded in the sense that they think their ideas are the best ideas in the world. They think that you know something about them is special, which it might be, but at the end of the day, your idea is likely someone else's idea and there's enough business to go around. Don't be afraid to like let your guard down a little bit and collaborate with people. That doesn't mean not to be smart and make good business decisions and protect your ideas and protect yourself, but you can still be collaborative in a way that can help you drive more business. I know that we've got social media marketing agencies, SEO agencies that we've got great relationships with because there's stuff that they don't do that they drive to us. And there's things that we don't do that we drive back to them, right? There's a lot of business to go around. And I think too, like, when you think about like a web design agency, for example, we're the most oversaturated industry pretty much on the planet, marketing, right? But here I am talking to you we do a lot of the same stuff, and we're both finding success in our own communities. Right? For a lot of people, supporting local is still super important, and so it doesn't matter that there's these big, ginormous, huge agencies like you know, like GoDaddy or like um, Squarespace, which are great products, by the way. But even though those products exist, some people still would rather work with somebody within their own circle, and so I think that collaboration is key to being successful. uh, uh, specifically partnerships. That's, that's my, it's honestly one of the favorite things that we do here is get to work with so many different people that build us up.
0: Yeah. Because a lot of times, sometimes people's social media just look spammy, you know, nonprofits are guilty of this. Like I, (laughs) I look at people's newsletters and I'm like, these things are just packed, right? Like I can't digest it all. It's just, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. It's like, okay. But like, I'm also an individual too, you know, I'm struggling You know, I I don't feel like you're speaking directly to me. I feel like this is just like the old newsletter. We're just going to throw stuff on there. And then you see people's social media accounts, and it's the same thing. It's just this, this, this. And I look, (laughs) and I look at the engagement. I'm like, you got, like, no comments. People aren't uh, messaging you. And it's like, are you you cognizant, right, of, like, how you're coming across? And do you even need to post this much? Does it make sense to, like, maybe make – one piece of really good content every week, instead of posting, you know, three, four, you know, five times a week, just to look like you're busy. And as you know, there are business owners, influencers, whatever you want to call them that look uber successful on these social media accounts. But when you start asking them their revenue numbers, it's like marbles in their mouth. Yeah, it does not add up. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't add up. It's You know, and so that's the battle that I fight as a, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a coach to young entrepreneurs of color here in Newark is that they're equating Instagram followers and likes and all that other stuff with future revenue and that's not necessarily the case.
1: Oh yeah, man, it's uh, on social media unfortunately a lot of it's vanity, right? It's it's and it's so unfortunate because you're right. I remember when I first, you know, was really hitting it hard with my with my own marketing efforts and I saw all these other people that were like above me. And I was like so mad at myself. I was kicking myself. I was. I felt like I was letting myself down, let my teammate down. And I was just like, man, like what am I not doing right? And then you start to dive deeper and you're like, wait a second. Like I can't, one, I can't compare my success to that person because I don't know the whole story. But two, like you said, when you kind of start deep diving, you start to realize, wait a minute, their success is not what it seems. Um, I knew a business owner here in the Houston area that like on the surface, he was way more successful than me. And so a lot of times I kind of was like, man, how is this guy killing it? And I'm not. And then I started realizing that the amount of debt he had you know, that he'd basically acquired over the years trying to be a big dog was drowning him, right? In the meantime, I've never taken a single loan, you know, and it, and for me that was like a big deal. It was like, okay, yeah, things are a little tighter for us and our revenue doesn't look the same, but we're not in debt, right? And it's like just because you're making a million dollars, if you're in the red a million dollars, then you didn't make a million dollars, right? It just was bigger it was just bigger exchange of money. So I like what you talked about with social kind of just I think it's kind of a good pivot to editorial calendars and content creation and being, you know, I guess more authentic to your to your audience would be later.com actually did a great uh, article all about the number of optimal times to post per day per week. And they actually found that most brands, especially smaller brands, actually found more success only posting once to twice a week. Is that the strategy for everybody? no right? You've got to look at your own metrics. you got to look at your own da- data. You've got to look at your own schedule. What can you commit to? That's key. It's just like the working out thing. I'm not going to be able to do two a days like David Goggins. I'm not going to be able to run 50 miles like David Goggins. It's just not me. Like I'm just not wired that way. He's a, he's a certain kind of crazy, which is like mad respect, but I'm just, I don't have that. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm going to work out three to five times a week and I'm going to make sure I'm being consistent about that. So you've got to find what's going to work for you And one of the things I always tell businesses is that I genuinely think that you can do a month's worth of social media in one hour a month. And people look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, no, there's no way. And I'm like, I've done it. I can, like if you tell me a business right now and we had an hour to do it, I could help you create social media content for a full month in one hour. And the way I do that is I start by creating what we call pillar, kind of pillars or pillar content. And I establish Monday through Sunday what am I going to post on what days, right? Some people call this like thematic content. So like motivational Monday, transformational Tuesday, you know, workday Wednesday. That doesn't have to be a, a quote graphic every single Monday that's motivational, right? It, it could be a different, a variety of different types of formats of media, but it still might be in the topic of motivational-esque content. Um, so that's what we do for our own brand as well as other brands is we kind of establish like, What do we want our week to look like? What are our daily posting strategy going to be? And once I establish those themes for each day, well, now all I have to do is write four of those for each day, right? Because if there's four weeks in a month and I know that I need to do motivational Mondays every Monday, I've only got four motivational posts to write for the month, all right? And then if I'm doing transformational Tuesdays, I only have to write four transformational Tuesdays for the month. And before you know it, I've written a month's worth of content in about 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then all I have to do on the back end of that is schedule it, create some graphics, maybe create some videos. Nowadays, we're doing carousels, so we might create some carousel graphics. Um, For those of you guys that don't know, Instagram carousels are great for taking that bigger pieces of content like a blog post that you've already done and kind of cutting it up into like bite-sized chunks that are like a little bit more consumable, digestible. It's easier to kind of consume as you're scrolling through social. So for me, I can genuinely create a whole month's worth of social content in about an hour. Now I can go five hours, 10 hours, 20 hours too if I want to get crazy. But realistically, I could spend an hour and get 30 days worth of content created. Really nowadays, what's taking a lot more time for most brands is the video content. And unfortunately, there's not really a way around it. If you want to participate in those parts of the platform, like TikTok, you know, like Instagram reels, that's where it goes back to the document don't create, right? Just, Just, just document what you're doing. You know, for us, I don't know if you guys saw it on our, I don't know if you saw it on our social media feed recently, but we just literally did this little time lapse with a GoPro all around our office showing a day in the life. Mm-hmm. And Kara just put that up on our Instagram stories. And it got like 30 something likes, which isn't a huge number, right? Like I'm not some, you know, Grant Cordon, but it was still a good engagement for us. And what we're noticing on the back end of that is, I'm going to back up for a second because I think there's a good like full circle here, but the, re- the setting realistic expectations. A lot of people think if I'm posting on social media every day, the phone should be ringing. I should be getting a thousand new followers. Okay. Let's back up. Let's evaluate for a second. What is the purpose of social media? Are you posting social media to be famous just like everybody else? Do you want to have a million followers just because it's, it's a vanity thing? You want to be like, Oh, I got a million followers on Instagram. Who cares if a million followers is not equating into business, then it doesn't matter. Right? So for us, when we post the behind the scenes content from our show in Fort Worth and three people, separate people pinged us on Instagram and said, hey, we need to buy some notebooks, we need to buy some lanyards, we need to buy some whatever. That turned into three sales opportunities for me. And those three little entry level items could turn into future business. So for me, social media is successful regardless of the fact that even though we wish we could be getting 100 new followers a month and it's not happening, it doesn't matter. In the first place, why did I want 100 new followers? Well, I, oh, I thought if I had 100 new followers, it would equate to more business. Well, if I got the business without 100 new followers, isn't that the same win, right? So I think you have to set goals around your social media and make sure that the goals are right. You know, I have some clients that honestly would prefer to have more likes than they care about their phone ringing. For them, it is about the vanity stuff. And for me, that's just, <clears throat> as a business owner, I'm like, I don't understand why that's important. You know, I don't, I don't care about that thing.
0: I've built like two six figure businesses with like almost no likes on social media. You know, I've got like my personal follower, but like, I don't, I barely post. I don't do any of that, you know? Um, but I, I, you know, a lot of our listeners though, I do want them to be empowered because social media is important to a lot of them because that is what they, they have. They don't have the podcast. Like I do, but I want to, I want to, I want to ask you this. Um, I don't, Sometimes when I'm doing these podcasts, I forget stuff. So I got to like have my (laughs) paper and write stuff down on the editorial calendar. Okay, is this something you are also encouraging those entrepreneurs that are like one of one, like sit down and start mapping out like your strategy, start creating Google Docs and templates that you can use, you know, uh, to kind of fill in frameworks, not necessarily templates,
1: but like frameworks. A hundred percent. My business consultant always tells me, like, if it's not written down, it's not really a thing, right? If if your if your goal is not written down, it's not really a goal. And at first, I was like, yeah, it is. Just don't tell me that, but it's true, right? Like, I can th- I can think, oh yeah, my goal is to hit six hundred thousand dollars this year. But if it's not written down, are we actually working towards it, right? And I think that same thing applies to social media. When you start to write down what you want to post on social media, even if it's just one to two posts a day or one to, one to two posts a week or whatever. I think at least you still have something to like check back on. Did I actually do those one to two posts a week? You know, did I do those three to five? Um, did I actually provide value? I think it's also a good way, high level, to kind of like look down and say, is this value add or is this a lot of asks? Because I think what happens with, especially in the nonprofit space, I know you kind of bring that up a lot, but nonprofit space, typically you've got a volunteer who's doing their, their dead best to do social media consistently when they can but what's happening is they're doing it in the moment and typically in the moment is when there's a need, right? I'm posting because I need you to volunteer. I'm posting because I need you to buy tickets to the gala. I'm posting because I need you to sign a deal with me because the three emails I sent you know, with quotes aren't coming back, right? I'm posting when there's a need versus posting with intention to truly be a resource first where on the flip side, on the back end of that, you're gonna actually see long-term ROI. So I think that when it's written down, you can definitely check back and make sure, am I actually being a resource?
0: Yeah, it's like um, going to the well too soon, you know, yep. you got to actually start building relationships with people, you know, um, they feel heard, they feel seen, and it's it's less cheesy and tacky when you're just like, hey, bye, 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 or donate to this, donate to that, donate to this. Now, I want to revisit something that you were talking about is what is the purpose of the social media? And I'm thinking again, I'm that Bunker Labs entrepreneur. I've got less than a hundred customers. Heck, I probably don't even have, I got less than 10. So like really what I need to be focused on is driving revenue. And so I think a lot of people make the mistake of assuming that their social media is gonna be top of the funnel instead of social media being that nourishing tool. It's a place where you can send people, you know? Absolutely. It's, it's,
1: It's all nurture. It is all nurture, right? I always tell clients that social media is kind of the credibility check for everything else you're doing, right? When I go to a networking event, when I go participate at a Bunker Labs event or the Chamber of Commerce event, I want to know that when that person thinks about me and they pick up my business card or, or they look me up on social media that they can see that I'm putting my money where my mouth is, right? Am I actually practicing what I preach? Am I actually adding value? If they aren't ready to buy from me yet, Am I, am I providing some type of resource that they can utilize until they are ready? One thing that was really cool for us a long time ago was one of our biggest retainers we ever had. The guy, the VP of marketing had legitimately printed out every single blog post we'd ever written. And when I met with him, he showed me, it was like a stack on his desk of every blog post we'd ever written. And he's like, I just want you to know that y'all's blog has basically run our marketing department for the last six months when we didn't have a marketing budget. And I was like, Oh dang, like, That's a big deal because I'm paying a lot of money to have blog posts written every week and I don't always see the value, right? I'm thinking, oh, should I be blogging? Should I be doing this? Should I just stop? Same thing with social media. Should should I be posting? Should I be consistent? I'm not seeing my numbers go up. I'm not seeing a lot of likes. I'm not seeing new fans. But then all of a sudden, that one relationship's like, hey man, like I saw, I've been seeing a lot of what you've been posting on social media. I've been reading your blog posts. It added the credibility I needed that when that person was ready, they were ready to make the decision with me because I had been there for them through the duration of the time leading up to that. Um, you're right. So many people think social media is like the end-all be-all. If I'm not getting leads from social media, then I should not be doing social media. I think that that's a, a bad way of thinking, right? We spend a lot of time and energy on social media internally. And although, like I said earlier, we're not seeing the, the follower growth that we'd like to see just, just because – we are seeing the communication go up. You know, I'm, I'm getting a phone call that's like, hey, uh, I wanna come tour your podcast studio. We saw that you posted some pictures of your podcast studio on, on social media. And I'm like, oh man, that sparked a conversation that I probably wouldn't have had had that not been put out there, right? And all I did was document. All I did was took a photo of the studio and throw it up online. I didn't say come tour the studio. I didn't say, you know, do this. I just said, check out the new podcast studio or have such and such person in the podcast studio today.
0: I also think like the brand journey, right? Like, so somebody hears about you, then they go to Google, right? Maybe they check out your website, cool. But then they go to your Instagram feed or somewhere else to kind of see you, see your your live, see your, like, are you a real thing? Because again, if you check somebody out that's like, hasn't posted in like 10 years, you know, it makes you wonder. There but
1: gonna, yeah,
0: I think the first part listeners need to think about is you need to think about your customer's journey, right? And map it out, and then figure out where social media plays into that. The other thing I was thinking about of it's the place that you can actually reach out and touch a brand. You know, like I listen to you guys' podcast. I'm like, cool. I go to your website. I'm like, this is dope. I check out your Instagram, and I like message you through Instagram. You know, it's a lot, super easy. It's simple, but I just feel like in a small business space, early stage, right? We don't take advantage of the fact that, like, we can actually reach out and communicate with people, you know, because I think where enterprise, these big brands suck these days is on customer service. Oh, is on that, absolutely. like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, conversations with people. And it's cool to me when, like, I see a brand that I think is interesting and I can reach out and actually, like, talk to somebody or I can send them a voice memo or something. Um, that's yeah. really
1: powerful. Yeah, people buy from people, not businesses, right? And so I think that you're absolutely right in the sense that there's so many brands and and agencies and and businesses out there that just seem so unapproachable, and it's like you can't even talk to them, and that that frustrates me a lot because it's like I realize like I'm not a, the the most big deal in the world. I realize people are further ahead than me. I realize people are busier than me. But when the, when brands who are personal in that way. They're willing to get the CEO on the phone with me and talk to me even if it's for five minutes. Like I get that their schedules are busy. I'm in that position. But when people are willing to to take the time, I have a lot more appreciation for that brand because it's like, okay, like you guys are real. There's a human, you know, component to this and you actually care about what you're doing. You care about your customers. You care about your future prospects. So I think that absolutely social media is designed to create, the personal aspect of your business, especially for businesses that have a company name and not a, a face, right? Cause there's a lot of consultants out there and it's like, Oh, that's Tommy the consultant. But when you're TM enterprises or whatever, right? I need to know that there's a person behind that business that I can actually speak to and talk to.
0: It goes back to what we we're saying before. You're not Coca-Cola. You're not these big brands. Stop trying to feel like you have to be. So even mm-hmm. when you're creating this video content, pull out your phone, You know use whatever you have whatever resources you have available because you're you know a lot of y'all are bootstrapping you know you're not venture backed yet so you've got to get creative and you cannot leverage your authenticity you can't leverage that approachability if you're trying to be something that you're not so again i encourage you on that now one thing we've been talking about social media but we also need to talk andrew about the importance of also not over relying on social media and particularly owning your list. So yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts, I listen to a lot of people, and one of the regrets so many people make is that they didn't get emails early on, that they didn't feel like they had access to their audience, they're reliant on these social media platforms. Talk to us about that.
1: Man, that's that's number one. Your list, and I'd say we're kind of transitioning into this world where your list can be one of two things. Emails, right, which has been kind of the, the, stand, the gold standard now for the last decade. And then I think the new standard is, is soon to be text message, you know, people's phone numbers, that SMS aspect. So I think that um, if, if you're marketing your business, you need to be building one of those two lists and it should be your primary focus. There's two types of traffic out there, borrowed and owned, right? So when you, when you run money on Facebook to run ads, you're borrowing traffic from Mark Zuckerberg. When you're, when you're running Google ads, you're borrowing traffic from Mr. Google himself, right? But whenever you have an email list or an SMS list, that is owned traffic. Those are your phone numbers now, those are your emails now, which means whenever you wanna market to them, you don't have to pay Mark Zuckerberg to send them an email, right? You don't have to pay to be in front of those people. It is an audience that you control the messaging of. I think about it a lot when um, I think about community development. We built our own community on, uh, there's a great platform actually called Circle, um, where you can build your own online community, which is a really cool tool, by the way, and we built this platform that we call Small Business Nation. And Small Business Nation is a online community where small business owners can join, basically help each other share wins, share challenges, ask for advice around software tools, whatever. And the reason why I designed it and built it in the first place was I said, the one thing that old Zuckerberg's got up that that we don't have is that he controls his own narrative. If he wants you to do a new feature, he tells you in platform. If he wants you to see a certain product, he makes sure that those ads show up in your feed, right? I don't control that. Unless I pay him, pay Google, or pay someone else to borrow that traffic, I don't control my narrative unless I do that. By having your own community, right? Again, email list, SMS, or even an actual online community, you can actually start to say what people see, what people hear, um, the resources that you put around them, in front of them, the connections you create, all of that stuff, right? Um, I, I always use the analogy, especially on email lists, is there's so many businesses that, that have asked for email lists and they've, or asked for email addresses and they've started to build them over the years, but then they've never had a consistent, uh, I guess, emailing strategy in general. And the problem with that is it's just as bad as not asking for the email in the first place. Right. It's like, imagine you go to the bar, you ask a girl for her phone number. She gives it to you. It's all good. And then six months later you hit her up. Hey, what up? I met yeah. you at the bar six months ago. She forgot who you are, bro. She doesn't yeah. know she doesn't know who you are people do that with emails all the time so if you're going to create an email strategy if you're going to create an sms strategy don't just build the list but make sure you have a consistent posting schedule ready to go on the back end of that because if not it's going to be cold by the time you actually go to send them something right so um, for me that that is the number one i just talked about this with my team last week we did a great job with this when we first started and then we like plateaued and stopped. And so now our lists are kind of like, so there's some over an active campaign, there's some in MailChimp, there's some in constant contact. And it's like, crap, this list kind of sucks now. like, And we've not been consistent about emailing these people. So it's almost like we've got to start over, right? I've got a hundred girls' phone numbers from a bar from 10 years ago and they don't know who I am anymore. So I've got to start fresh. But I'd say that, you know, building your list is the best way to advertise and market to your existing audience or your new audience, essentially for free. The only thing you're paying for is the the software you use to actually send the emails, right? Um, I'm really digging the SMS thing right now because the open rates on SMS are like 80 to 90% comparatively to like 20 to 40% on email. So just people actually looking at your content in a text message, highly more effective than an email. So I'd say one of those two should be your priority right now.
0: Now, I got to ask, cause you did mention ads, right? And yes. I noticed something. I'm like, all of a sudden Instagram, why am I getting these ads? And this guy looks super shady. He doesn't look like a real business owner. So I click <laughs> the ad and I look at his account. He's got like three followers, right? Ugh. And I'm just trying to protect our audience from doing the nonsense, right? Again, you're early stage. You need to validate the business model. You need to drive revenue ads on social media should they even bother
1: i'd say if you're gonna do it do it to help boost awareness first before you're trying to go straight to a funnel so many people go straight to a funnel cold and the problem with that is like you said you look at it and then you look at their actual profile and you're like oh cool you have 10 followers so really you're not relevant you just paid for you had you paid for uh you know, aware or presence or paid for this this position essentially. So I think that one of the things we do for all of our clients, so right now Facebook, the average engagement rate on Facebook is less than 1%, which sucks. Less than 1% of the people that are uh, on Facebook are actually even seeing your content, which really blows. So one of the things we do for our social media retainers in-house is every client that we do social media for includes a $50 to $100 like ads credit, but we only use that ad so that people that follow them, see their content more frequently. So I'd say for awareness, yeah, you know, not a bad thing. Or I'd say if you're an established business, if you've already established credibility, you've got an audience and you're looking to, you know, push people into your funnel or into your process or whatever, absolutely. But if you've got 10 followers, probably not a good idea. It's probably not a good use of your your funds.
0: So we've talked a lot about stuff today. And one of the things I always wanna do is make sure we give our listeners something that they can walk away with and actually execute on so for our, our listeners that are tuning in from all over country all over the world what advice or takeaways do you want to leave them with as they go start to set up their plan for building brand awareness using social media
1: yeah I'd say pick you know I like your your uh, methodology earlier pick that one platform that we're gonna go with find two ways to support it right? Uh, create your pillar content, establish what you want to talk about, what you're going to be known for on social media, and start there. Start by, start by writing just your first week of content, then your, then your first two weeks, then your first three weeks, then your first four weeks. Don't be overwhelmed by the whole year. Focus on the first 30 days, right? Because again, if I go back to what I talked about earlier, if we have five days worth of content that we're trying to work for for the month, five themes, that's only four posts that you have to write for for each day. That's 20 posts. Next thing you know, you covered all of your month down. So focus in on that, be consistent, make sure that you have a game plan. Don't just start doing it willy nilly, right? I feel like so many people are just like, okay, I'm gonna just jump in. And then it ends up in one of those situations where you have 100 emails and you've not reached out to them in the last six months. You don't wanna be in that position. You don't wanna make that mistake. Uh, Have a game plan ready. And I think more importantly than anything, make sure that you're being authentic. Document, don't create. Focus on being your true self. People buy from people. People buy from true people, people that are honest, people that are trustworthy. And I think you've, you know, most importantly gotta be yourself.
0: And I wanna say this too. This is after you've listened to the episode on how to build a brand and you're clear about how you're showing up to the world. Because what you don't wanna do is you don't wanna show up to the world and come off all raggedy. At the very least, know who you are, what you stand for, and the change that you're trying to be into the world. And the platform that you're picking for your social media it has to be based on where your perfect customer is this That's is right. someone that that knows you is willing to pay your premium for your product or service and tell everyone how amazing you are and the most important and under uh, aspect of it all they make you enjoy being an entrepreneur it doesn't make sense to be on TikTok if your perfect customer is a 50 year old business executive you know doing high ticket sales you know Absolutely. and dropping <laughs> 300k plus you know so yep go to LinkedIn if that's him or wherever he's going to be. So, of course, use everything that Andrew just talked about, but also make sure you're intentional about how you're showing up to the world and where your perfect customer is. So, Absolutely. And so can I can I drop a couple of quick
1: tools that I think people would find useful so you know me i'm kind of a a software service geek and so i think a couple tools that would help people out uh, later.com agora pulse both of those are great tools for scheduling out your social media again a lot of people think they have to be posting every single day directly in the app you don't have to so if you didn't know there are tools that you can actually pre-schedule all your social content so it goes out for you daily it strips out i think those are both great tools for that two of my favorite tools for creative content are going to be Ved, veed I, excuse me, IO. That is a super, super dumb proof way to create videos. So if you're looking to create uh, Instagram stories, uh, TikTok reels, or I guess I said that wrong Instagram reels, TikTok stories, all that kind of stuff, you can do that in VED. And then for those of you guys that haven't heard of Canva, which at this point I feel like everyone's heard of Canva, C A N V A. Uh, It's a great tool for creating social media graphics, but much more than that, you can do flyers and brochures and pretty much anything you want to design. It's simply a web-based app similar to Photoshop, but super intuitive. They've got millions of templates. Uh, Obviously, none of these are sponsors. These are just tools that we use at our agency that have really streamlined how quickly we're able to put out amazing social content, both to schedule it and to create the creative.
0: Yeah, Canva is amazing. Their business cards are gangster. You know, I had one of my admins make me some big business cards for this military veteran startup conference, and I was so blown away by the quality of these cards and the stuff we were doing on Canva. So again, we're not endorsed by them. Maybe yeah. I'll be able to get somebody from Canva <laughs> yeah, there on the you podcast. Go. Call them
1: up. There you go. <laughs> but,
0: uh, but yeah, check them out. Now, Andrew's time, he charged me like a million dollars for a sit down. I told him I couldn't That's afford all, it, man. you all. know, but he agreed to come on the podcast and and, and share some value. So Andrew. We've got veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses from all over the country, all over the world. Let us know as a community here at Bonker, how we can support and elevate the work you're doing with Beefy Marketing.
1: Yeah, for sure. A couple quick plugs. Uh, Business Growth Hacks is the podcast that we put out every single week, uh, providing entrepreneurs and business owners with things that they can do to level up their businesses, whether it's technology and software or leadership skills, things that I've learned over the last decade uh, from my time running an agency or from my time at Apple. Uh, that's a great resource out there, purely no-sale podcast. You've listened to it, you know it's just a resource value add. Uh, Small Business Nation uh, is great, beefymarketing.com slash Nation. if you want to join that online community where we're just kind of supporting other entrepreneurs. Uh, and I'd say lastly, for our veteran community, I do uh, co-host and produce a podcast called Team Never Quit. Uh, some of you guys out there might already know that show. Uh, it's hosted by me as well as two Navy SEALs, Marcus and Morgan Luttrell. Uh, It's a show all about people who are overcoming adversity. And so if you're just looking for uh, a way to push through the next day, you know, kind of making that transition, a lot of times people are trying to figure out how to kind of move out of out of service and into their next stage of life. And I think that podcast is great because you're hearing a lot of times from other veterans. Uh, So that's kind of what I got, man. I appreciate you having me on.
0: man. we appreciate you making time for us and uh, dropping all that knowledge to the bunker because it's important. And it's reason why I go outside of just the veteran community to get SMEs on here who I think can accelerate our, our listeners. So we appreciate you. For everyone that's tuning in today, make sure you subscribe to the Transition Newsletter at the link in the show notes. I send out a newsletter at least once a week. And If you have questions about your own venture or, or topic ideas we should cover on the show, I would love to learn from you. So shoot me an email at mike.steadman at or message me on LinkedIn or Instagram at ironmikesteadman. Please make sure you're getting plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem by visiting BunkerLabs.org. It's super simple. Just select the city nearest you, sign up for a newsletter, and attend one of our networking events. We have programs that'll take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow alongside other founders and CEOs. Register today again by visiting BunkerLabs.org. Until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.